Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Good morning. Good to see all of you this morning. If I haven't met you, I'm Kurt Bissell. I'm the um, online campus pastor, um, and I will uh, be bringing the word today. Um, if you're curious, I'm a zero guy. How many of you are zero people? Well, let me back up. How many of you have no idea what I'm referring to? Oh, okay. So there's this debate online, I don't know if you saw it, that the decade starts with a zero or it starts with a one. Um, I personally think it starts to 2020, and I can't figure out why anyone thinks it starts with in 2021. So that makes me a zero, a zero person. So um, does anyone think the decade starts in 2021? Let me let's just raise our hands. Does anybody think that? Like one or two people. Okay. So look around. Those people are wrong. This is kind of like. This, this reminds me of the debate that Pastor Chip has been having about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. There's just a right and a wrong answer, right? Um, I'm not going to give an answer as to whether that's, that's a Christmas movie or not. Here's why. I've never seen the movie, okay? <laughs> Pastor Chip said I'm not allowed to weigh in on it, and quite honestly, I can't figure out why it's a debate even. So uh, I am a zero guy because um, when I turned 30, I started my 30s. I wasn't finishing my 20s. So it's 2020. It's the start of a decade. Uh, and I don't know about you, but as we're starting a new decade, I'm thinking a little bit nostalgic, right? I'm looking back at my last decade. I'm looking forward to the next decade, and I'm thinking, wow. What, how much has happened in this last decade? I mean, just pause a moment and think about how much has happened. I know for me, it's been a huge decade. My, my oldest son it, um, turned 10 this year. Um, I've had five children. We've lost a child. Um, I, I've, I've lived in four different houses. I've served three different churches. I've had two different c- careers. I've survived cancer once. Uh, I mean, it, it's been a huge year, a huge decade. Um, it, a lot of it's been really good. There's been some really difficult times, some really challenging times, um, and, and your decade's probably been a lot of the same. There's been some probably some celebratory um, moments in there. There's probably been some heartache and some heartbreak, um, and, and the next decade's probably going to be the same way, but I'm trusting in the Lord that the next decade is going, you're going to have uh, uh, just a promotion in God. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, amen to that, right? So, I, I, but I was thinking about, I read an article um, about some of the, the biggest changes in the, in the last decade, um, and, and um, in, in the tens, and the biggest, I think, change in the last decade was the, was the smartphone. So I felt like I kind of, I'm going to like pigeonhole myself here as the, the, you know, the online guy, the tech guy for a moment here. Um, and, and typecast myself, but that's, I'm okay with that. So uh, this is probably the biggest change of the, of the last decade. 
Um, and if you, can ma- if you can make a case for, for a bigger change, then I'm all ears. But here's, since I have the, the, the microphone on the stage, you're going to have to listen to why I think this is the biggest change of the last decade. So in 2007, the first iPhone came out, um, which is a little more than a decade ago. But 2012 is when I got my first iPhone, which was this last decade. I, before that point, didn't think I needed an iPhone. Uh, I was kind of a little late adopter, uh, and I, about a month into my first iPhone, I thought, how did I ever live without an iPhone? Does anybody else have that experience, right? Um, and, and if you think about, to me, the genius of the iPhone um, is how much it consolidated. I mean, think about this. If you're going on vacation and you bring, bring your smartphone, we'll switch to smartphones because not all of you are, 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 have iPhones, Okay. So if you bring your smartphone, think about all the things you don't have to bring. You don't have to bring a camera. You don't have to bring a GPS if you're driving. Uh, you don't have to bring maps if you, uh, how many of you remember triptychs? AT, yeah, AAA triptychs. You flip it over and then you open it up and you flip it over. <laughs> Uh, I remember in high school, we were driving to Florida, and we ended up like two hours uh, west. Um, We woke up, and we were all sleeping, and my dad had missed a turn, and all of a sudden, you know, that doesn't happen anymore, does it? I mean, there are some great technological advances. What else don't we need? We don't need a separate uh, MP3 player or CD player. Uh, what greatest advancement was the, the, the anti-skip CD player, right? You could go jogging with it. I mean, that was earth-shattering. Um, some of you have no idea. My, my, uh, my 10-year-old, we bought my father-in-law a, a vinyl record for Christmas, and uh, my 10-year-old goes, Dad, what's a record? <sighs> you know, somebody online just started laughing at me. Um, but, you know, so you, got, you can get rid of your books if you want. Um, somebody at the, at the Heritage Service was going to boo me when I told them that, uh, which I understand. My wife loves her physical books still as well. But you can get rid of books. You can get rid of your restaurant guides. I mean, there's so many things you can get rid of. Um, you can get rid of your, your Bible if you want. Ooh, ooh, that didn't go so well. But here's what you can get rid of. How many of you remember these? Remember these? This is, uh, if you can't see it, this is a little pocket New Testament. Um, I, I tell you to zoom in, but you can't. But in the front, front row, um, <laughs> the, this, the font is, is um, I think, two, if, if you're trying to figure it out. Um, I, my eyes apparently are still young enough I can see this. My next decade, I will not be able to read this for sure. Um, but the pocket Bible, I used to carry these around. They're put out by the Gideon, um, Gideon Society. Um, but I don't have to carry this anymore. We're going to talk about the Bible app, which you saw that video of uh, in a few minutes. Um, you can also um, put the Bible on audio. Um, I brought this up because I, I, I pulled it out of the basement. Um, any, any guess what's in this? CDs, but not just CDs. Um, hold on. This is, this is, wait, wait for it, because I was a pastor, so I had to be extra specially holy. This is um, the whole Bible on CD. Does anybody want this? I'll auction it off if you want. Like, 
Lori's raising her hand. I, Lori, you don't want, yeah, okay. So um, I, I don't have to carry this around either. There's dust on it still, I think. So um, I'm going to put, I won't put it on the keyboard. That'd be, that wouldn't be nice. But um, I mean, there's so much that we can consolidate because of, of the smartphone today. It's changed our world. Um, and, and so we can come and see a changing world, can't we? But with a changing world, um, it's not all good, is it? Because with, uh, with advancements of technology doesn't imply morality. There, we, we live in a hurting world. We go back to Genesis, one, uh, Genesis what, 3, and, 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 and there is the fall of, of man, the fall of humanity there, where you know, the world is coming into being, but there is a brokenness in it. And so as, as technology advances, as medicine advances, as science advances, that doesn't necessarily mean the world is getting better. That, that just because we have phones, you might think, you know, with all of these consolidations, gosh, I have so much here I can carry around that I don't have to carry. I mean, I literally would need, you know, a huge wagon to carry all the things I just talked about that I can now carry in this. It doesn't necessarily mean my world is better because of that. You know, we, we talk about cyberbullying today and su- teen suicides that are on the rise because of this. We talk about, you know... Um, People not being able to sleep because of the lights that they're using on their phones. We talk about posture. People are getting carpal tunnel in their thumbs from texting. I mean, there are negatives just to this, let alone to all the other technologies and scientific advancements. And so we live in a hurting world, and so we need to figure out the balance between the change and the hurt that we experience. And so what we... Um, what we need to figure out is that balance, right? Um, in the Bible app, as you, um, as you watch the video, and, and I think I already teased once, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in a moment, um, but they put out a verse of the year. And this year's verse of the year was Philippians uh, 4.6, and it reads um, as this. It says, and that's super small, so I apologize. Um, you can pull up your Bible app and read along if you want. Um, but it says, do not worry about anything, but instead pray about everything, or in, in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Um, and so, let me read it from here. Don't, let's read it together. How about that? Okay, if you can read it. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I like that translation better than what I wrote down. What that tells me is a couple of things. Number one is that we live in a broken world and that people are looking for answers. They're looking for solutions. In a changing world, as we have come and seen a changing world, they're looking for those answers in the technological advances. But here's the good, the good news. Here's the news of the gospel is people are still looking to the scriptures, but they aren't necessarily looking to the church. But they are looking to the scriptures, and here's the thing, the, scriptures, the church has the scriptures, so church, brothers and sisters, we need to be a people of the scriptures, we need to be a people of the light, and we have the answers. People are still looking for the answers, and they're still looking to the scriptures. Can I get an amen to that? So... That was an okay amen, but it wasn't great. I mean, are we awake? Or are we still kind of feeling uh, the 
the Christmas hangover a little bit. I, you got two days till New Year's. Come on, folks. We got to pick it up. So, um, but but what I what I'm seeing is that we live in a dark, broken, hurting world. Right? People are looking for healing. They're looking for hope, and they're looking for a light. And 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 the scriptures have that light. And they're actually looking to the scriptures. So there is still hope in this world, even when, and even when we look around and church attendance is declining and, and people have negative views of Christianity and they call Christians hypocrites and all of these other negative things, there still is a hope out there. There still is a light that flickers in the darkness. Now we're wrapping up a series that is just about that. Where there's night, there is light. And we were really looking through um, the Gospel of John's version, um, his telling of the Christmas story. Um, I have a a seven-year-old, I have four boys, but I was talking to my seven-year-old about the Gospel of of John um, and telling him that the the Christmas story in John is a little different than than the rest of them. And he said, oh, well, can you read it to me? I said, sure. <laughs> so I read him John 1, and he is like, we finish it. And he's like, Dad, that's confusing. <laughs> yes, son, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And the reason it's confusing is because it's telling the why of the Christmas story and not the who and the what. It, it's, it's telling us that we live in a broken world, and we need a light we need a savior. We need the Christ child. And, and that is the why of the story. And so um, what I want to do as we get into the scripture this morning is I want to first turn to 1 John. Um, to, to John, let me get to the app. There we go. There's, I opened up other apps before. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So I want to go to John 1 verse 35. Um, and and it's, um, what we've got going on here is Jesus is... Um, Jesus is beginning his earthly ministry. He's beginning to call his disciples. And so John the Baptist is with um, Andrew and Peter. And they have been hanging out. Um, the, the, there's a Roman occupation in, in Jerusalem, in Israel. Um, and and there's, there's a lot of pain there. There's a lot of hurting. They want a Messiah. They want a Savior. Um, the Maccabean Rebellion, which is where Hanukkah comes out of, um, that celebration... Um, that, that commemoration, all of that there is, is part of what's going on. And, and so John the Baptist um, says, hey, there's the Messiah. Peter, Peter and Andrew are like, whoa, 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 really? Yeah. So they go to Jesus and they say, hey, where are you staying? Which I think in and of itself is an interesting question. Like, if you saw Jesus walking down the street, what would you ask him? Is, would you ask him where he was staying? No. I mean, like, like you wouldn't, wouldn't you, you know, wouldn't you say, hey, can we sit down and have a cup of coffee? I got some questions for you. Or, you know, can, you know, are you the Messiah? No, they just are like, hey, where are you staying? And Jesus' response is, come and see. Wow. It's an invitation just simply to come and see. And that really is the invitation for all seeking the Messiah. Come and see is the invitation for all seeking the Messiah. We see Peter and Andrew are seeking the Messiah. They've, they've seen him. They've been with John and they've been looking for the Messiah and they see him and they want to follow him. And so Jesus just simply says, come and see. 
And so this isn't an invitation to observe from afar. This isn't an invitation to be that passive observer, to listen to a lecture. It's an invitation to experience Jesus, to experience his ministry, to participate in it. It's an invitation to come and see, to come and live, to come and minister, to come and experience all that Jesus, all that God has to offer in a Savior, in a Messiah, to a hurting world. Come and see. So, Andrew and Peter follow him. They follow Jesus. They say, okay. And they go with him. In verse 43, the story continues. And... um, Jesus then calls the first of the disciples. He says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. So Philip followed Jesus. It's a really, really uh, pretty in-depth, really advanced discipleship recruiting process, isn't it? Come and see, follow me. Do we ever make discipleship and evangelism a little more complex than this? How many of you think if that's all evangelism and discipleship is, like, hey, maybe I can do that? All right, raise your hand. I can do that. All right, so, like, in a week or two, Terry's going to ask you to do some of those things, Pastor Terry, and you're going to raise your hands again, okay? Raise your hands. I'm going to do that. Okay, good. So it's that simple. It's not complex. And so, so Philip, um, Philip just hears that invitation of follow me. Come and see. Come and see. Just follow me. So Philip says, okay, good. And then Philip turns around and really becomes, after John the, the Baptist, the first, the first evangelist, the first um, you know, church invite, invitationalist, we don't even call him an evangelist. How's that? He's the first to invite somebody else. So he goes to Nathaniel, who's, who's probably his buddy, and he, and he says in, in John um, 1, 45, he says this. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Another really, really in-depth evangelistic uh, response, isn't it? So take note of a couple of things here, though. So, So Philip gives Nathaniel this really, this, this invitation rooted in Scripture. Nathaniel, of course, responds with a worldly criticism, right? Nazareth, that, that's a crummy place. How could anything good come from Nazareth? But Philip um, has studied the Torah. He, he's memorized the Torah. He knows the, the promises of the, of the prophets. He, he knows these things. He's studied it. So he goes to Nathaniel. He says, all of that stuff, we've been looking for the Messiah. All of it is true in this man named Jesus. Let's go follow him. And Nathaniel's like, can't be him. Are you kidding? He's from Nazareth. 
And so Philip's response is just simply, isn't more scripture. It's not more reasoning. It's just simply come and see. But it's rooted in scripture, and, there, and, and there's a lesson there. There, there. there is power in scripture. There's power in scripture there. So I think it's important to understand that we can know and experience God through the scriptures. So one of the impacts, and you saw the video with Lecrae in it, of the U version. So back in 2007, there's this guy, Bobby um, Grun, uh, Grunwald, and I think that's how it says his name, but he's standing in a TSA line. It's super long, and he's pondering life, and he's pondering his spiritual life. Now, how many of you, when you stand in a TSA line, that's what you think about? <laughs> I know that's what I think about, right? I'm thinking about, did I leave any uh, sharp objects in my bag? Did I pack all of my you know, toiletries properly? And then I get to like, what is the meaning of life? So he's thinking about the meaning of life, and he's thinking, how can I, uh, how can I engage Scripture more? He's, he's a pastor of this small church in Oklahoma um, by this pastor by the name of, um, who who's actually was a former United Methodist. He didn't get, get through ordination, so they kicked him out. Um, Craig Groeschel, anybody heard of Craig Groeschel? He, uh, he leads this church called Life Church TV. It's the largest church in the United States now. Um, it's just a small little church. But anyways, this is back 2007. Bobby is waiting in line, and he goes, I just, I don't engage the scriptures nearly as much as I'd like to. And so um, he comes up with this idea to create a website um, called YouVersion, where he's going to engage scriptures more. Um, it's a comp- so he's, he creates this website because he's got a tech background. Complete failure. Terrible idea. Nobody got latches on to it. Uh, doesn't work. Now, the website actually still exists today, but only because of this. Right around the same time, 2007, the iPhone comes out. And part of the iPhone's genius is that app store. They allowed third-party developers to create apps. One of the first 200 apps on the app store was the Bible app created by Uversion. In the first three days of the app store being open, 83,000 downloads happened. Just over 10 years later, 400 million downloads of that app have been, have been taken place on individual unique devices. So that doesn't mean 400 million people. Did I say 1,000 or million? Million. Okay, good. So 400 million people um, have downloaded, 400 million downloads of that have happened. In 2009 alone, 35.6 billion verses were read. 5.6 billion audio chapters were played. The Bible app today has over 2,000 versions. How many of you knew there were 2,000 versions of the Bible? I didn't. I mean, I went to school for three years. I had no idea. There's 2,000 versions of the Bible. It's in 1,350 languages. We talk about here at Garfield, widening the circle. I can hardly think of a better tool to help us widen the circle today than, than a Bible app like this. Uh, there, there, are, there are multiple languages that we speak in this room, undoubtedly, that, that our first language is not English. And, and, we, and, and one of the most important things, I believe, is hearing God's word in, in, in our heart language, right, in our, in our first language. And so being able to read that um, is so powerful. I remember I was talking to a man um, whose first language was not English, and one of my mentors was able to get me a Bible um, in, in, in a different language. 
um, and I was able to get it to him. But I just think back and I think, gosh, if I could have just had him download that app, and in moments he would have had a translation of Scripture in his original language. What a powerful way to just simply say, come and see. Come and see what God is doing in your life. And so it's so powerful to be able to just simply experience God in unique ways. Now, we go on in verse 47. Jesus, um, when we invite people to come and see, and maybe just ourselves are coming and seeing. Some of you are sitting here today because you're in town visiting family and they dragged you along to church. And I want to say thank you for being here. Um, We honor your time. Um, If you are that person, don't elbow your mom and dad or grandma and grandpa for making you come. But my, my prayer is that you get something out of today. But here's the thing. When we come and see, we're coming and seeing a living God. And we're coming and seeing a God that wants to speak into our lives and not just to come and see a passive God that's just sitting on high and is going to give us commands and thou shalts and thou shalt nots, but a God that wants to speak into our lives. And so why does Nathaniel, why does he have such a chip on his shoulder? Why does he take such a dig at Jesus before he knows anything about Jesus? And I think there's an understanding here as to why. And it comes when Jesus' response to Nathaniel, verse 47 says this. It says, Jesus shows up and he says, When Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under a fig tree before Philip called you. What's that all about? I mean, what, like seriously, what's that all about? Because, and here, here's what's going on. So Nathanael is, his tribe is the tribe of Jacob. And if we go all the way back to the beginning, uh, to Genesis, in Genesis 27, verse 35 Isaac, who was Jacob's dad, calls, uh, calls Jacob deceitful. In the Old Testament, there was a belief that the, the, the curses of the father passed down from generation to generation to generation. And so what we see here is, my, my reading of this is that, Phil, that, that Nathaniel has a chip on his shoulder. He's got this... Um, He's carrying this baggage that people see his tribe, see his people, his family lineage as deceitful. And people would have cast him as a type, as a deceitful kind of person. The world would have seen him as dishonest. And so so Nathaniel has this chip on his shoulder that he's got a reputation. And so when he hears about a man from, from Nazareth, he's got preconceived notions about them as well. They're crummy people. They're dirty people. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. So Nathaniel's got this chip on his shoulder. Jesus comes in and speaks right into that. So it's not just that Jesus knows something about Nathaniel, but he knows something that pierces into Nathaniel's hurting world. And then Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree to confirm to Nathaniel that this is a prophetic word from God, that it's not out of my own flesh. I'm not just saying something nice to you, but I'm saying something directly from heaven, out of the heart of God, out of the voice of God, into your brokenness to heal you. 
This is a word from the Lord, and I'm breaking into your brokenness, and I'm healing your heart. And Nathaniel's response is, oh my God, you are the Son of God. And his heart melts in that moment. And it's not because he saw him under a fig tree and had some kind of supernatural revelation, but it's because he had a supernatural divine um, revelation that spoke into his heart. Where the world had preconceived judgments of Nathaniel, where he, they had said, you are not this and you are this based on the color of your skin, based on where you are from, how you speak, how you look. You cannot be this and you must be this. Jesus says, no, no, no. God sees you. And not only does God see you, but God speaks healing into those things and sees you for who you are and who you can become. Come and see me. Follow me. And here's the beauty of the gospel, is God sees you for who you are, where the world says, I see the color of your skin, I see the language you speak, I see the family you're from, I see the country you're from. God says, yeah, I see all of those things, and I see the potential in them, and I speak through the preconceived notions, I speak through the prejudices, and I call out that which God has put in you, God has created you to be, and I bring forth all of it to make you a child of God, to bring forth your prophetic destiny. Can I get an amen to that? And so that is the power of the spoken word of Jesus in this moment. The invitation is to come and see Jesus, but ultimately it's to come and see your prophetic destiny in God. That is the invitation, I believe, of the next decade for each of us, for this church, is to come and see with clarity, with 2020 vision, what God is doing in our lives to see beyond what the world sees of us and to see what God sees of us. And that is what Jesus is doing in this moment. And this is a ministry I believe the Bible teaches us we have access to. And I'm running out of time, so we better roll this up. You guys started that way too soon. I got more than that time. First Corinthians 14, it talks about what we call the prophetic ministry. And, and Paul says this in, in verse 3. The one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Now this word, this word prophecy can often come with the Lord saith and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about here. This is how I would define prophecy. One who hears the voice of God and speaks it with strength, encouragement, and comfort. It's that quiet, still voice that whispers to your heart, that whispers in your mind when you're reading the scriptures, when you're in prayer, when you're serving. It's that way that God encourages your heart, that strengthens your spirit. But here's the the next step of this, is that God does that to you, But as you grow in your faith and your spiritual ears are sharpened, you can also hear that for others. And so my 
invitation, my come and see, is to come and hear and to come and speak the prophetic words of God to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort. Jesus finishes with this. He says to Nathaniel, you will see greater things than these. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. In this next year, in this next decade, are you ready to come and see the heavens open? Two really quick things, two invitations to come and see. Number one is, um, if you go to garfieldchurch.org, right on the homepage, one swipe over, I believe, is a page called Bible App. You can go to it, uh, garfieldchurch.org slash Bible App. Invite you to download the Bible app, and then we're gonna do we're gonna read through the book of Acts together as a community. There are actually Bible plans on the Bible app. And um, I believe that reading the scripture, meditating on the scripture, and then doing it in community is a way to transform us and to grow us, to sharpen those ears, to come and see, to follow him, and just like Nathaniel, to hear what Jesus says about our true selves. So there's a forum at the bottom. You can sign up. It'll send me an email that says, hey, I want to be a part of this. And then we're just going to um, go on, probably go on to the Facebook group. Um, and then just every day check in and say, hey, here's a thought we had about this. Are you reading the verse? It's like less than 30 days, okay? Low commitments, because I know how y'all are. I know how I am, okay? I'll just put this on me. I know how I am. I'm just going to go low commitment. But I want us to at least experience Engaging in the scriptures. So Garfield uh, garfieldchurch.org slash Bible app. Go in, sign, sign up for it. We'll try to start, I'm going to say January 1st, but that's in like three days. So maybe like January 3rd or something like that. We'll start January 5th because that's Sunday. Wow, I keep kicking it down the road. Boom. And they're like, kick it down the road and finish the sermon. Okay, good. So um, we're going to do that. So if you have any questions about it, see me afterwards or shoot me an email, Kurt at GarfieldChurch.org. Um, but we're going to try to do that. If you're not able to do that reading, um, you know, or if you don't have um, a tablet or a, or a smartphone, um, just like get one of these Bibles. Just read it. The paper still works. It's still really good. Um, I'll give you the CD even because I'm not going to use it. Um, <laughs> I don't have a CD player. I know, I do it in my car. Anyhow, so do that. And then the second thing is, the invitation is to come and see through volunteering and service, putting that into action, to follow, to do something. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting in, 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 uh, kind of a volunteer push. We've got some kind of words to it. You're going to hear about it pretty soon. And here's what I would tell you, is as we enter into this next decade, Jesus is inviting us to come and see, to step into a prophetic destiny that God has created you for. That cannot happen unless you activate it with action. 
So as you're praying, as you're reading the scriptures that we're going to be doing, as we're experiencing Christ, keep it in your hearts that in the coming weeks that there's going to be those invitations to come and see, to come and experience, to come and do, and to come and share. Let us pray.